I just want to welcome you to the last Sunday of 2019. And, you know, there, there's, there's no better place you can be on the last Sunday than here this morning. And, and I, I like to call it Celebration Sunday because we're going to look back a little bit of a lot of things God's done this past year at our three campuses, but also what God has in future for this campus and for the other campuses. And so this is a time of the year that, you know, it's kind of a bit awkward because some people are making a transition. They're going, all right, I'm going to go and be my wife's hunk again instead of her chunk. So I'm going to go work out. Come on. I saw Tiger. He was on a treadmill. He was, he was texting, you know, people on Facebook. And I was like, you get it, boy. And then I said, how you doing? He goes, sore. He goes, but I, I'm starting early, two weeks early. So when I get, when other people are new at the gym, he said, how long you been? I've been here, you know. And so we're reflecting maybe something to the prior year, and we're also getting ready for this new year. And so if you're a guest here, I'm so glad you're here today for Celebration Sunday. And uh, we're just here to celebrate. Well, I'm going to give real fact numbers of what's taking place this year. And it's not just to impress anybody. It's just to say, that's God. It's only God. And see, in the last 20 years, the vision of this, this house and our campuses is to reach people and build lives. If anybody knows, what do, what do y'all do? We reach people, and we want to build people's lives. We believe that God has a vision for your life. We try to make it clear. And, you know, it's in our walls and our campuses. When you walk in, it's on banners. You know, God has always seen. How many you know that God always sees us on a spiritual journey? How many of you know that you say, Pastor Bubba, I'm on a spiritual journey? How many of you know? How many of you, I'm on a journey? I'm on a journey. Nine years ago, I found out that I had cancer today. Nine years ago. Twice this past year, I should have been dead. All right? And, and Pastor Jacob and I prayed, and I prayed for the other pastors this morning. And he said, you know what, Bubba? You are a walking miracle. And he says, and when the Bible says signs and wonders you are a sign that God still touches people today. And people are wondering, why would he touch a short little Cajun like Bubba? And so here's the thing. I believe this. I want to share with you about what Apostle Paul said. And I'm going to give you four points, what I feel like we need. You already know if you come here as a church. But it's just, a, it's just kind of like, how many of you know that sometimes repetition helps us to learn something? How many of you it takes more than two or three times for you to learn something? How many of you said, Pastor Bubba, help me because I feel like I never grasp things. And see, I want to share with you what Paul said. Ephesians, it said this in the message version. He said, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. How many of you say, man, I need some intelligence. I need discernment in my life. And see, the first point I want to talk to you about, you got to know God. What does that mean? See, every, everything starts with an authentic relationship with God. It's got to be real. It's got to be authentic. People know when things aren't real. People, how many of you know when you've seen people, man, they're in love? I mean, when my wife and I, were, were engaged, when we got engaged, I remember one of my friends, Billy Charity, we lived up near Seattle, and he called me, he, and it was before cell phones. It was the actual landline. That's a phone that you hang up and has a little cord, and you're limited where you can go. Some of you going, it's like kids today, you have to introduce them to dirt. This is dirt. It's what I used to play in, you know. But I can remember he goes, Bubba McCann, 
I saw you and Tracy, y'all were in that van. Y'all were sitting in the same seat. There's only, you remember how they have those, those old vans? They had one seat way over here. One of them goes, y'all getting close to getting married. I can tell y'all trying to be one in one seat. <laughs> you see, everything starts with authentic relationship. You see, 65%, they say 65% of American, Americans claim to believe in God. But not all 65% of them know God. How many believe that? It's changed. Ten years ago, there was 75% that believed. Now it's 65%. See, Genesis says this about Adam. He said, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. That means that he was intimate. He understood her, and they became known. Aren't you glad that we all got dressed this morning? Hello. Wouldn't it be weird to walk in here naked? Because... That's where it says when you're naked before God. That means when you're real, when you have, and you're and you're naked with your mate. There's a there's an intimacy that can come, and it produces fruit. Like we dedicated children, that happens, okay. But sometimes what we don't want people to see is our, the warts of our lives to be real. You see this kind of relationship. I, I'll just uh, here's the kind of relation. It's the, it's a kind where if if I hear my wife's voice, there can be twenty women but I can hear my wife's voice. I know it. Are you hearing me? Not only that, that, you know, I know her smell. I know, can I I just tell you, I know the look. I know that look. Not only do I know the look, but I, I still haven't figured out to read her mind. Are you hearing me? I remember we were doing something one time. I said, my wife said, man, if you just did this, I would respond this way. And so I did what she told me to do. And I said, haven't you noticed I've been, he says, have you noticed? I was like, no, come on, give a man a break here. Tell me something. And she goes, and I told her, and she goes, baby, I'm not worried about that. I mean, I'm a woman. I can change my mind. <laughs> really? Thank you. I don't know if you've seen that one where it shows a man's mind. It's one railroad track. And it says a woman's mind. It's all tracks going different ways, you know? And see, John said it like this. He said, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. I have no joy if we have a packed out Sunday morning service, if it's not being relatable to living life Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You know, every every day we we want... You walking and knowing God. That's our heart here. We want you to know God. We want you to be real with God. Well, God knows you, and you know him. There's intimacy, and you want to be with him. You know, there's no sin too great, no person too far from encountering God's love. I've talked to people who go, you don't know what I've done. And I want to tell them, you don't know what I've done. You know what I've been through. And then you, and, and people go feel like, here's, here's the, here's, and this is not part of the message. This is free. Okay, the enemy's greatest thing is to bring shame and guilt on you. He wants to play the shame game and the blame game. It's never changed. When Adam and Eve got caught in the garden, you know, when they ate the fruit, what did, he came to Adam first, and what did he do? He blamed the woman. The woman, the, the woman you gave me. <laughs> okay, and the woman, she goes, it was the snake. Remember that? 
And then he went to the snake. Hey, I'm a snake. What do you think? I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know what he, who he blamed. But we, that's how the enemy always plays with all of us, to put us in shame and help us to blame. And so that keeps us from intimacy with God because that's where he wants us. What's imp- why is it important? Heaven and hell are real places. And we're going to live somewhere for eternity. But the goal of every Sunday is not hands clapping, but hands up and surrender and saying, God, I surrender. You know my week. How, let me ask you, how have you had a good week this week? No one had a good week this week? Lord, we need to pray for the people. How many of you, how many of you had a, maybe a tough week? Don't raise your hand. How many of you had maybe just a week where you found out? I think about that plane crash that happened yesterday in Lafayette. One of my cousins, my, my son's son, was in the class of the boy that was killed. You know, and then, then, then you start finding, Louisiana's small. And you start talking to people, and people knew that person and that person. One of the people was from Crowley originally. I mean, all this stuff, and you kind of put the dots together. How many of you know everybody in South Louisiana, if you talk long enough, you're probably related to them? You see, when, when we ask you to bow your head at the end of a service, don't start looking for your keys. Ask you to pray for your row. Ask pray for the people that are behind you or in front of you. God may be doing something, and they need to respond. And it may be your prayer that moves their heart. You understand? Unlocks those things that need to be unlocked. See, in 2000, you know, we exist, I, I believe that we exist to start parties in heaven. Amen? Because this year, this is the, these are facts, okay? I'm not, these aren't exaggerated. We've averaged over 1,210 people every Sunday this year. That's on low Sundays and high Sundays. That's for all three campuses. 1,210 people. That's a lot. And see, in weekly attendance, 107 people got water baptized. 1,570 hands were raised this year to commit to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? You see, you see well, we count hands because people count. You see, every hand represents a person, and every person has a story, and every story matters to God. You see, your next step, you need to prioritize your time with Jesus personally and corporately. Here's my my challenge. How many of you want to be strong in God this year? Come on. Okay, they got the lights on me. Okay, half the church. The rest of you, you still want to be a weakling. Okay, okay, I'm asking, how many of you want to be strong in God this year? Okay, then guess what? There's things you can do. The more you put in, it's like this. It's like, it's like whatever you feed always wins. Are you hearing me? Whatever you feed your soul, it always wins. You can't make, I saw a survey, this is crazy. It was a biblical survey that John Bevere interviewed a guy, and he said, when a, Bible, when a person reads the Bible one time a week, there's like a blip. When it reads them two times a week, it's a little bigger blip. Third time, it's a bigger blip. But he said, if they read the Bible at least four times a week, it goes like this. The effect it can have in your life. And I think about, that's just the Bible. 
They actually say, if you read, the people that read their Bible, 20% of them have less anger issues. They said they have less anxiety issues. They have less, I mean, you just, it just, I don't remember all the percentage, but it started naming all these different things that people walk through. And it, I was amazed. But I'm really not amazed. It's called, the Bible, is, it's a living book. It's alive. And it's all we have to do is begin to take part of that. And see, your next step, prioritize your relationship. See, make Sunday services a priority. Join us. We're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. For some people, it's not food fasting. It may be media fasting. It could be other things that you need to fast. or so Maybe your language or maybe things that you know that you, need, you want God to fix. Come on. Or you want change in your life or in your marriage or your relationship with your children. There's things that you can do. And so I, I just want to say we're going to go from January 13th to February 2nd. And we're just, we're going to have more announcements so you get involved in it. The second thing that I want you to see is that you need to find freedom. How many of you know we, there's things that we need to be free from sometimes? Am I in the right church this morning? <laughs> see, here's the thing. Ephesians, it goes back to Ephesians. As he says, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear. How many of you have ever, like I wear glasses to read. Because if I don't, I have to get the large print Bible. And I'm not going there. I just don't want one. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, because when I have my devotion and I read, I read, a, it's called a book with pages. It's not, you know. And it's, if you do electronic, praise God. But I like to write in mine. I like to, you know, highlight, make little notes and cross-reference. And For me, that's me. That might not be you. But I, I just know this. The greatest gift I can give you as a pastor is clarity. What do you mean? We want to help you see clearly. Hello? You might be on this journey, and it may be a fog. Come on. And you don't know where you're going. And as a pastor... My, my, response, my only responsibility, by the word, is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Hello. That's my job description, to equip you, the saints of God, to do the work of his ministry. What does that mean? That means that, you know what, first we're going to talk about you got to find you. You got to know God. You got to want to make a difference. You want to, you got to find you, you know, what you're supposed to do. You got to find your purpose. We're going to talk about that. And see, the most important thing I can do is, like, take the fog out. Hello? Because before I knew the Lord, my mom was Methodist. My dad was Baptist. My mama's mama was charismatic. My, my daddy's dad, mama was Jehovah Witness. My mama left my dad and married a man that was Catholic. So I didn't need religion. I needed out of my state of confusion. And a year after high school, that's when I, I, God began to do things. God was doing things in my life all the time. He was speaking to me. I had a praying charismatic grandma. Are you hearing me? And I remember, I mean, she'd pray for me and, and, and all that. And, and it's like I consider her prayers and her, she had a prayer group. That got, when I got saved, she, like I was her trophy. I had to go visit all her friends that prayed for me. When I did my grandmother's funeral, all her prayer people that were still alive came to me. I remember praying for you. 
I remember. And I meet one lady. Her name was Chris Barton. I went to her house, and she saw me. And my grandmother used to call me boy. Okay, she raised me until I was five years old. She goes, Chris, boy. And she goes, oh, praise God for the boy. Because you know what? They prayed that I'd have clarity. I could see. And can, can I tell you something? God will allow some things to happen in your life to adjust the way you see things in life. And some people are very narrow-minded religiously and go, this is the way it's got to be, this way it's got And I've learned this in life. I don't want to be relevant. I want to be biblical. Are you hearing me? Everybody, well, we got to, no, you don't have to. You need to just be, I want to I know what the book says. I don't care what culture says. I don't care how they're trying to stretch things, change laws and stuff. I know what the Bible says, and that's how I want to pattern my life. And for every one of us as pastors, our responsibility is to let you see clearly. Is that making sense? And see, Proverbs says, keep your heart with all diligence. From out of it spring the issues of life. How many of you know when things come out of you sometimes, it's an issue? Okay, let me How many of you got some issues you're dealing with in life? All of us got issues. Some, we, some are in the trunk. But you got to get it out. We all have issues. Did you know you get, you get saved and you can still have issues? You can still have addictions you got to deal with? You still have unforgiveness that you still have to deal with? Where do those issues come from? The Bible says our heart. The Bible says, who can know it? We can't even, how, how many times, we don't even know our own heart sometimes. Hello? Have you ever had a confrontation with somebody? And things start coming out of you that you didn't even know that were there? Okay, I'm, don't put your halo up. Put it down. Here's the thing. Where do the issues come? Our heart. How? So how do we deal with these issues? I'm glad. When I come here, y'all ask great questions. The Bible says this in James. says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. We all carry hurts. We all have hang-ups. We all have habits that we want God to change. And we need to just say, God, change me. See, if I confess my sins to God, that's for forgiveness. If I confess my sins to people or my friends or people that I'm walking with, that's called healing. That's for my healing. Hello. And it's for your healing. I ask God for forgiveness. Come on. I'm going to have to go to someone and say, forgive me for that attitude or what I said. Uh, let me tell you, in my marriage, I've been married 35 years. I've been serving the Lord for 39 years, okay? I'll just tell you this. I've asked for a lot of forgiveness for my wife. I've asked for a lot of forgiveness for my children. I've asked them to forgive me for things. Attitudes or things I've said, or I've had to humble myself. And you know, that when, I, when I do that with my kids, my kids are more forgiving than most people. My kids would go, oh, Dad, don't worry about it. One of my sons was telling me something I did to him when he was 15 years old, and he's 25. And I, and I just said, forgive me for that. I didn't even see that. I don't even remember that. But it's real to you. And even though I don't remember doing that, I ask you to forgive me. And he was like, that's cool. Well, why in the heck you been holding on it for 10 years? Life 
can I say, the best place for health is to come, is, is not an hour on Sunday, but get involved in some kind of life group where there's life. People are just being real. People are speaking about where they're at. We have different life groups, and, and it's going to be starting soon, and I'm going to give you the date in a minute. But life exchange happens where there's real life exchange. See, think about it. When you exchange your life for Jesus, your life started changing. They didn't mean you were perfect, but you, were, you started changing. You see, in 2019, we had 131 life groups with 910 people on average a week. That's incredible. And you know how we know that? Because we have a, it's called group me, and every time we have a life group, people send how many people were at their life group. And that's just, those aren't like, you know, it's like I talk to some of my friends that are pastors, and I go, how and they'll talk, you know, they want to know this. How many people are you running? I go, I don't run cattle. That sounds like I'm herding cows. I don't. I go, well, I won't, I, you know, it's always like, it's like bragging rights. My truck's bigger than your truck, you know. Or we have this, and this is how many people we had. I'm thinking, you just lied to me. I know you ain't got that. I had somebody from your church tell me how many people you really have. You count pregnant women twice. <laughs> we had 345 people complete freedom this year. That's incredible. Next step, get in a life group. There's, there's three groups that we promote, freedom, financial, Help and foundations in your life. Our spring semester starts February 9th. We'll have more. And then uh, our leadership rally for life groups is January 18th. And you'll have more announcements coming for that. And I want to go. The third point is this. this You've got to learn to discover your purpose. Why are you here on earth? You know, one of the, one of the best-selling books was uh, uh, Rick, Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life. I heard people criticize it, but I also saw people, I read it, and it changed my life. It helped me to see things. It's the best-selling book, I think, ever besides the Bible. Okay? And the the crazy thing, it just begins to challenge you in life. See, let's go back. Ephesians says, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the glory, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear. And here it goes. So that you can see exactly what he is, what he, what he is calling you to do. God's calling us to do something. Jesus didn't die to get you to church for an hour a week. He has a purpose for your life. The two greatest days of your life is the day you were born and the day you figure out why you were born. You see... Romans says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. One of my gifts is connecting people. I'm a connector. Like my friends, man, Bobby, you can, I've connected people from Africa to people in America, from people in England. I'm, I'm on boards in Africa. I've never been to the orphanage or anything, but I trust the people. I know them. I mean, I, mean, I have friends all over the world, and that's crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. I get invitations to go places. Now I'm just the founding pastor. I'm not the, the, the senior pastor anymore. I get to travel. <laughs> but it's all about connecting. 
I don't travel and go, forget those churches, our Savior's church. I start, I'm still here. I'm like the father in the house. Are you hearing me? I'm Pastor Josh's pastor. I'm Pastor JJ's pastor. I'm Pastor Jamie's pastor. I have a pastor. You understand? And so here's the thing. The, you know, God has given everyone grace gifts. One of my gifts is not just connecting, but encouraging people. I encourage people. I'm an encourager. And you know what? A lot of times the gifts that you have are the gifts that you feel like, I can't do that. The very thing that you have need of is what you need to do. Hello? How many of you, you go, man, I, my, I'd love for my, my checkbook to have revival in it. I mean, anybody would take her on that one? Then you need to learn to be generous. You need to help people. I had a lady in our, in our Jennings campus, one of my, my good duck hunting, uh, goose hunting friends. He's not quite the level of Phil and I, Phil McDaniel and I, but he's close. He didn't come to my church, our church, but he, he just became a Christian. I'm pastoring him, not just to shoot. He can shoot, he can hunt and all that, but I pastor him about life. And we go to this place, it's called Cajun Tales in Welsh, when we hunt. Some of you might not know where it is, others do. It's, they have a, a phenomenal breakfast. I went there the other day. It was so good. I said, where's the cook? And she comes out from the back. All, he said, everything okay? I said, the Bible says, blessed are the feet of them that bring good news. But I want to make an addition. Blessed are the hands of them that cook good food. And I said, let me see your hands. She was all worried. Come on, come on. Here, come, come. And she goes, I go, bless her with the hands. They cook good food. She, oh, oh. God, thank you, girl. Corey. She was, oh. And all the restaurant, the people that work, oh. And the lady that's in my church, her name's Julie. They call her Booty. I don't know where she got Booty from, but anyway, I'm not going there. I was, my friend, Mike, went there the other day. And she sent a text. And it said, at the bottom of it, it says, Merry Christmas from Pastor Bubba. I didn't have anything to do with it. The bill was $9.45 and the tip was $100. This lady is a single mama, raised her grandchildren, all that. I could tell you other things about her. And she started crying. She wrote, she goes, I needed, you know, God knew I needed that. I need you it's a lot. Can I tell you something? He made a difference in someone's life because he has a spirit of generosity. He, he bought me. Let me tell you, the ultimate, he bought me. I didn't even ask. He bought me new waiters for Christmas. For a hunting man. Come on, Phil, where you at, man of God? He bought me some little crosses, like $300 ones with the camo, baby, and adjustments for your legs. But I'm a sharp person, so I'm like, it come up to here to me. You know, it's for a big man. But I'm, I'm just saying, your greatest thing, I just, it means when you do your gift, think about, I was made for this. I was made for this. You see, some have a gift of leading. Some have a gift of helping. Some have a gift of teaching. Some have a gift of sing. Others just make a joyful noise like me. I was, for, I was forced at Our Lady of Fatima to take choir my junior and senior year. And I was forced to go to a choir competition where they put you in a room and there's one person with a piano and there's two people judging you. I can't sing. We did the candlelight the other night at Jennings. We had over 700 people there. 
And there was a lot of people from Crowley. I just want to say that. And we're doing singing. And my daughter looks over at me and she goes. Because I'm singing loud. When I sing, I sing loud and proud. And she goes, I, to my son, and I know. And my wife looks at me and she goes, mm. She goes, I'm trying to sing to Jesus. Y'all leave me alone. But I had to go to this choir thing, and they put me in that room, and I can't sing. And somehow a miracle happened. I got all district in choir. All district. I'm like, my choir teacher paid him. There's no way on this side of heaven. But can I tell you something? See, I, I just believe some of you have gifts to, to give to gifts for kids. To minister. I'm amazed sometimes at people that work with children. I need duct tape and a chair if I'm going to work with children. You're going to stay there. You know what I mean? Why has God given us, you know, I think charities and things like that. G- Peter says, God has given each of you a gift from his great, I like this, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God wants, to, God wants you to use your gifts. But before you can use them, you have to discover them. See, that's why we do next step. That's why a next step helps people discover that. In 2019, we had 215 people go through next step. Next step, you make the next step. By the way, one week, next week, we start next step here. And they'll talk about it at the end. Last point, and just let me wrap this up and put a bow on it. You got God wants you to make a difference. How many of you that God's made a difference in your life? Ten people. Okay, I'm going to ask it again. How many of you, God's made a difference in your life? That's better. You see, listen what Ephesians says. Paul wraps it up. This is what he says. He says, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent, discerning, and knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for his followers. This is where the greatest, that's where, this is where the greatest living is. Real joy doesn't come if you go to the beach. It's fun. I'm not a beach guy. I hate sand. Uh, I'm, I'm a serious honky, so I burn. I don't tan. I just like, poof, burn. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like that guy. Like people can wear shorts and they have cool legs. I have, especially since they've done chemo, I have no hair on my legs. People ask, Pastor Bob, I like to wear your beard and all that. I had to shave it because I was doing this and hair was falling out. Okay? You know, it's just, it's just crazy. But I hate that. I'd rather go to the mountains, go in the woods, hit streams where you don't have to show half of your naked body. <coughs> Amen? And other people go, oh, you just, I love the beach. I get the waves. They just, waves annoy me. People, I get so relaxed. I go, I'm not relaxed. I'm up. Real joy doesn't come from watching LSU or the Saints. It's fun when we're winning. Come on. 
Go Tigers. You know, when we're winning, real joy doesn't come from a successful career or getting the car of your dreams. That's okay. That's fun. God's not against you enjoying things. God's not against you being wealthy. God's not against you having success. He's for those things. As long as you use it in the right way. I believe some people are blessed that don't even know God, but they're generous. And God's blessed them because he knows he can get, if he can get money to them, he can get it through them. That's what Miss Jean, she goes, if God can get it to me, he's going to get it through me, baby. You see, real joy comes from giving your life away and making a difference in other people's lives for God's glory. Zach, my son was in England. And I go there quite a bit and I have a lot of churches. And I, I pastor some pastors there. And there was a lady, she goes, hey, hi, are you Pastor Baba's son? He goes, yes. She goes, he came to my church. I went to the church for the first time in my life. And I just want you to know that when your father preached and I heard the word, it gave me hope and I gave my life to Jesus. And since I've given my life to Jesus, my family's serving the Lord. And she goes, I just want you. She looked on. I have it on video. If you don't believe me, I have it. And she goes, I just want you to know, Pastor Baba, I'm praying for you. And we're praying that God would continue to touch you. I'm like, wow. I got a note the other day. I go to Africa quite a bit. A girl, when I was speaking at a college campus, she wrote me. She goes, you, when you shared your story about what God did in you, where you were and what God's done in your life, it gave me hope for my life. And I just want you to know I'm serving God. I'm going to church. And not only am I just going to church, but I'm trying to help people like God helped you and God's helped me. That's God. When I look back, I go, I was messed up. But can I tell you something? You're next to I believe this. We, we have over, we had over 383 people on our dream team. This year we had the egg drop. We had, I think, 6,000 people in the egg drop come to watch eggs fall out of a helicopter. What a creative thing. But people come to see that. We, I think we had 40,000, 50,000 eggs we stuffed. I mean, that's a lot of eggs and stuff. It doesn't happen like, me and Pastor Josh and JJ are sitting there and, hey, Jamie, we need you to come help stuff eggs. That was because everybody got together, and we paid a company to stuff them. Seriously. But through that, you don't know. This year, we've been able to bless single moms, widows, teachers. We've given money to teachers. We've, we've rebuilt school facilities. We've painted buildings. We've done things, gone clean things behind the scenes. Not looking for anybody's glory, just doing it because we want, we want people to know that God cares and there's people that care for them. We've cleaned up the city, volunteered. The mayor freaked out, you know what I mean? We tore down old houses that needed to be torn down that were burnt. We've just done that behind the scenes. We've gone to the veterans facility and blessed the veterans. We've had orphans in other countries that every month we support. Every month. We give away 10% of everything. that We tithe just like we ask you to tithe. Actually, last year we gave 17% away. I'm not trying to, like, like build. That's just facts. That's the fact, Jack. And see, we helped start churches. We, we gave... Several gifts of over $10,000 for churches to be started because they just need help. They need encouragement. One of the churches that we started, I preached there like 
two weeks ago, and they already have 2,000 people in five years. Your generosity helped them to encourage them. Are you hearing me? We have another church in San Antonio. Pastor Aaron over there, I mean, God's just blessing Aaron. And we helped. You helped through your generosity. You see, I don't want something from you. I want something for you as a pastor. My goal is not get more people on a dream team. I want you to experience God's greatest joy. You see, each one of you are different phases in, in your journey. Our prayer for you in 2020 is just take a step of faith. I have a lady and a husband that came. They were telling me, and they're, they're great people. They were at a church for like almost 40 years, something like that. Crazy. And they were driving. They said, man, God's really speaking to us. It's time for us to move. We've been, we, we're not growing anymore. We just kind of settled. And she said, every week we would drive to Baton Rouge because they would, had some relatives there every weekend. And say, we'd stop and we'd go through Jennings. And then we, we would go to the restaurant in Lake Arthur, the regatta, to eat. And said, so we see the church. We saw, like, cars being parked. It seemed like more cars were being parked. And, and, and then my husband, one day, she goes, the lady, she goes, she goes, he said, why don't we go visit that church in Jennings? Because they live kind of more in Lake Charles. And, he goes, and his wife goes, I ain't going to no little country hick church. And she said, the next Sunday, he goes, I think we need to go. And this is what she, she said. God was speaking to me to live by faith and not fear. And she said, they came that Sunday, and she said, Pastor Bubba, you got up, and the first thing you said, God has called us not live by fear, but live by faith. And they looked at each other and go, this is our country hick church we're going to come to. <laughs> They've gone through next step, dream, I mean, They've, they've done freedom. I mean, they are like a blessing in our church. Mature Christians that love God, that encourage people. You see, and my prayer is that you take the next step, wherever you're at, whatever God's called you to be, whatever God's called you to do. I just believe this, that for each and every one of us, you got to know God. You got to find freedom in your life. You got to discover your purpose. And you got to, and God, when you do those three things, you'll make a difference. And God will make a difference in your life. I was with a guy that's kind of, his name's Jensen Franklin. He's a friend. And he told me when he knew about my cancer and everything else. And he told me, he said, Bubba, you're going to live for decades. God's given you decades. I'm believing that for you. Because I was with the doctor the other day. And he goes, you know, a year sure makes a difference, Bubba just does because I told your wife that you weren't gonna and your son you weren't gonna make it and he said what do I know I'm just a doctor that can guess I said you're right I said because on God's calendar the day that you thought I might go it wasn't on his calendar and I'm just here to tell you I mean and that doctor looked at me he's a big one of the biggest skeptics you'd ever want to know and he looked at me he goes you are my you're my miracle that I need to see. I need to see a miracle. And you're it. You give me hope. I'm like, because you really shouldn't be here. And he said, for nine years, 
two types of cancer. Pastor Jacob says, you know, man of God, you're a mystery to everybody. But God uses it because you're a sign that God still gives hope and God still works miracles. And you're a wonder. People are scratching their head. We're wondering, what's going on God doing here? I do that sometimes. And you know what I do? Because I, I, when I pray for people, I pray. I, I believe this. Heal people, heal people. Generous people, give to gener- people that will be generous. I believe that. You want generosity? Be generous. If you want healing, pray for others to get healed. Are you hearing me? And God, I believe that whatever area God's working in your life, whatever it is, if you have an, an anger issue, go work with kids and love them and bless them. Clean up the poo-poo. Wipe the mouth. You know what I'm saying? I want you to know this. God loves you. He's got, got great things for you. 2020 is around the corner just a couple days. Whatever, commit to God. God, I want to know you more like I've never known you. I want to I want to make a difference. I want to discover my purpose. What is it? Where can I serve? Where can I give? What can I do? And sometimes you can serve without anybody knowing. Are you hearing me? I just believe that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all that you're doing in this campus and all our campuses. Lives are being changed. We can give numbers. That's important for some people. But God, you're looking for hearts. You're looking for lives that will be willing to say, God, here I am. I want to know you. I want to be used by you. I want... I need joy. I need strength in my life. Lord, I know that that only comes when I begin to give out. That you give back. I never lose anything. I gain when I give my life away. Whatever God's speaking to you to give your life away to this year, do it. Make steps toward that. Whatever it is. You want a better marriage? Go to a marriage life group. Watch marriage videos, Christian videos. You know, I want to be a better parent. I don't want to kill my children. Go to a parenting life group. Watch videos on parenting. We can help you. The only way you change is if you make the effort. It's one step at a time. The Bible says if you have faith like a mustard seed, say to that mountain be removed it's just making the step of faith it's not someone you don't have to have great faith you just need to have faith to make that step to make that change so father I thank you for everybody here that you're challenging by your spirit help us to respond through let us not just hear it let us be obedient to what we feel that you're speaking to us in our heart to go and do and be a part of or to do something to bless somebody. If you're here, no one, just with your heads bowed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning, say, Pastor Bob, I'm really not at a place that I know God. I'm not really making a difference. I'm really still trying to find my purpose. And I want all, of, I want all God has for me. Let me just encourage you. If you want all that God has for you, you got to be willing to give all of you. 
so he can give all of himself. You can't make compartments. You can't make deals. It's all or nothing. God, I give you my all. That that's you. You say, Pastor Bob, would you pray for me? I, I, I need to do that. I need to give my whole heart, my whole life. And today, I, I want to do that. No one looking around, just out of respect. I, I, pray that, I pray that you're praying for that person in your row or the person sitting around you. If that's you, just could you just indicate it by raising your hand? Pastor Bob, that's me. Would you pray for me? If that's you, just raise your hand real quick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anyone else? I'm not going to beg. You feel like God's speaking to you. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick and I'll pray. We're all going to pray. Thank you. Let's pray this together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe on the cross you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt. You died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen.